Hi, everybody, and welcome to Martin Van Dyke Undercovers. James Harvey is a playwright, essayist, and critic. He's the author of several books on the movies, including Movie Love in the 50s and Romantic Comedy in Hollywood. His new book is called Watching Them Be, Star Presence on the Screen from Garbo to Baltazar. The title of the book comes from writer James Baldwin's quote about the great iconic movie stars John Wayne and Betty Davis and Humphrey Bogart. One does not go to see them act, he wrote. One goes to watch them be. And it's this sort of amplified seeing that James Harvey explores in watching them be. This is his take on how charisma is created in the movies. He writes about everyone from Greta Garbo to Robert De Niro to Baltazar, who is the protagonist of the masterpiece by director Robert Brasson, O Azar Baltazar. James Harvey, who received his master's degree in English from the University of Michigan, spoke to me by phone recently, and I started our conversation by asking James if it was one particular movie star who inspired him to write his new book. One of the, one of the reasons was that I felt I had never really, uh, though I'd written two two books, you know, as, uh, I never really um, uh, dealt with Garbo, uh, set, you know, and and she's. I, w- I wanted to do that. That was always in my mind that I would get round to talking about her and and, uh, and her significance and her her impact on the screen and 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 uh, and especially about her performance in in one film in Camille, uh, as well as in Anatchka, her two best films. So um, uh, that was one one impulse, and the uh, and the other was uh, uh, the uh, the final chapter of the book, which is about. Uh, 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 a Bresson film, a French film called Oh Hazard Balthazar. I, it's my favorite film, as I say in the book, and um, I, 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 re- I really wanted to, uh, to do it justice if I could. That film is also one of my absolute favorite favorite oh, films a oh, masterwork wonderful. of all of all times that uh, just is is so profoundly profoundly moving every every time that i i watch it we'll we'll talk more about uh baltazar oh, in a little yeah. bit but let, let's go back to the the first section of the book where in which you talk about greta garbo and marlena dietrich and others the the first section uh, icons talk more about uh, garbo and dietrich and some of the other icons in the first section of this book I, I talk about Dietrich because obviously she sort of she she was sort of the anti Garbo. Uh, she was she was uh, uh, formed on on the Garbo model more or less by it, when she came to uh, Hollywood. She from Germany and um, uh, she was mysterious and glamorous and uh, and played played uh, loose women uh, as Garbo did uh, um, and um, and so she. She she was a, uh, another another figure I, I I wanted to write about again, and uh, I had I touched on her in, in my other books, and uh, and then um, it's it finally as I as I worked on the book, the the structure of it developed. Uh, it, it took it took a while, but um, but but I started with the uh, with the uh, with the example of Garbo, who is who is in some ways. You know, the, a, a prototypical movie star, and um, and I, uh, I and I went from there, and I found I wanted to talk about. I, it's hard to hard to. Uh, I mean, I wanted I wanted to talk about people I talked about, and what they have in common um, is that I hadn't really 
uh, dealt with them before, and, and and each one I wanted to to go into de- more detail with, mm. especially John Wayne, especially John Wayne, and and John, and John Ford, and then and if I, you were talking about iconic stars, it seems like Betty Davis uh, would be obvious. And, oh uh, yeah, uh huh, yeah, and uh, so uh, uh, that's 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 what happened as I as I worked on the book. I thought that as I say that the shape came to me. Over time, um, and uh, and then I was really happy when I found it. I really enjoyed uh, reading about. This is in uh, part two of the book, the realist section, where you you write about Robert De Niro. Why choose a New York, New York, and not oh, you know, some of the other films that that we all know and maybe are a little bit more familiar with, you know, Taxi Driver or Mean Streets. What what is it about New York, New York? You you write about this uh, quite a bit in your section on De Niro. Yes. Uh, well, I love it. I, I, absolutely, I absolutely love it. <laughs> it's just, and I see it again. It's one of those films that I uh, that I can watch again and again, and it just confirms my uh, my uh, uh, passion for it. Um, it's uh, and also, it, as you know, it's it's uh, it's not thought of as one of his great great films or great performances, but I think it is um, very much so. And uh, uh, so that that that. And and the fact that it that that it's neglected was one of the things that that made it uh, really really com- com- compelling to write about. Um, and also, once upon a time in America, oh, which, yeah. which is not a, not a well, which is also not not a well known performance of his, but it is it is extraordinary. I think, and and both films seem to be extraordinary. I know New York, New York has a reputation. Uh, um, I mean. Once Upon a Time in America has a growing reputation. Uh, it's showing in the in the New York Film Festival this year, um, a restored version uh, uh, with with new scenes. I'm I'm told. Mm. Um, but uh, as when I when I mention New York, New York to people, I find that its reputation has declined. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, it was a, it was it was a flop at the time. But as I recall, um, it. The reviews weren't bad at all, but they were they were like disappointed uh, rather than antipathetic. Uh, 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 and, and, and I just returned, James, from my my thirty first visit to the uh, Toronto International Film Festival. I've been I've been uh, fortunate to fortunate enough to go up there for over three decades now, and been to the New oh, York wonderful. Festival a, a couple of times. And uh, on the on the cover of your book is a shot from one of Jean-Luc Godard's greatest films, Masculine Feminine. And I saw his uh, new work, which I believe is going to be in New York as well. Yes, uh, it good, is. Goodbye to Language in 3D, which uh, many of us are sadly assuming to be uh, Godard's uh, last film. He's getting up there in in uh, in years. Tell tell me about your love for Godard in particular. You 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 just write so passionately about uh, masculine feminine. Tell tell me about your your passion for masculine feminine. Well, I think it's 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 maybe the best film about about youth uh, that I in my experience anyway, and and for my for my taste, um, uh, it, it's so. I grew up in in Chicago and um, and went to school before I came to Ann Arbor. I went to school in, in Chicago at at uh, Loyola University, and um, uh, you know I was a city kid, and and it, it seemed so resonant to me about about uh, uh, 
growing up with friends in the city, you know, and hanging out with them and uh, and having having that those kinds of adventures that the city offers. Um, and and I think that's one reason that it 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 it, 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 it the film affects me so powerfully. Um, and then it's uh, it, it has such an unusual and interesting structure. I mean, the the uh, things happen in the in the film. I mean, there's a kind of narrative, uh, and and yet it's not on the surface, and yet you follow it, and and you're you're affected by it, um, and that that's 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 interesting too. Um, uh, and of course, it's uh, I I think it's I think it's Leo's greatest film. Um, I mean, his his best his best uh, film film appearance. Um, um, and uh, and Godard sort of in the interviews he sort of uh, uh, shortly after he made the film he sort of dismissed the uh, the girls. I mean, he said it, it, it but uh, they are fa- fascinating. I think uh, uh, most of, mostly his women are, but. Uh, but uh, uh, Chantal Gaia, the, the the main the main main uh, female figure, is uh, is really riveting, I think, and and uh, kind of uh, in in her one one appearance, so far as I know, in films, she has a kind of iconic impact. Let's move on to the the film which uh, closes your book and which uh, you write here is probably the greatest movie you have ever seen. Let's return to the subject of Oazar Baltazar, which uh, Jean-Luc Godard himself uh, called, and I love this quote of his, really the world in an hour and a half. And many of our... um, uh, listeners may not be familiar with the work of Robert Bresson and and and, and Baltazar. Can you just give us a, a quick overview of this film and and Bresson and and what it's about a little bit before you describe what what's so moving about it to you, James? He absolutely would not let his uh, his uh, cat his uh, cast members act at all. He, he wouldn't even let them inflect their lines um, expressively. Um, he wanted them just to be on the screen and to to say the lines and go through the motions of the narrative of the story, and uh, and he had he had uh, uh, complicated uh, reasons being French. <laughs> he he had a, a for for doing this, but he, he felt that that acting on the screen was a kind of lie, and he was going to make films that didn't tell that lie, and and he did. Pretty much. I mean, uh, it, it, you know, his, it, it's not true that they don't act at all, but but they come close to it, and um, so that you you get used to that that kind. It, he actually developed it over several films. He didn't right fall, fall into that uh, mode of filmmaking right away, but uh, it, 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 it 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 had happened over over several films. And uh, the the titular character Balthazar is not is not he, he, uh, is a is a donkey. And uh, and and he, there's no danger of his acting. <laughs> so in a way, he's kind of the kind of ultimate Bersonian figure. <clears throat> um, it's uh, it's uh, uh, he made he made the, that film in, in, at the same uh, around this uh, time. He also made another film called Mouchette, which was uh, based on the novel Balthazar, entirely original. But Mouchette is also uh, about a character who. Um, who undergoes um, a degradation, a, tra- a tragic character, uh, as the donkey is in, in Baltasar. 
The film is also about um, uh, uh, a young woman, and played by uh, Anne Wiazemski, um, who, who later appears in a lot of Godard films. Um, uh, Godard uh, knew this, knew about the film Balthazar too, and, and that's how he how he met her. He went, he visited the the shoot uh, when they were on location filming it. Uh, uh, it's it's about a young girl and about the the lives she intersects. Uh, she is the owner of the donkey. The, uh, the uh, is it the donkey and she are raised together, um, and so uh, we follow the fortunes of the donkey going from owner to owner uh, and going from trial to trial. Um, he is he is he's mis- mistreated a lot. Um, he goes through different phases of life, as as we do, as you said, um, and uh, uh, he becomes more and more a kind of uh, uh, iconic figure himself. But but it is also it, uh, the two the two stories, the two life stories, um, uh, parallel the the girl uh, and and the donkey, and and they both end tragically. Um, uh, uh, the donkey. The donkey is is and also the film has clear uh, religious um, uh, implications and uh, and allusions and um, and it's part of what makes it so powerful the uh, the the associate the association of, of the the donkey with the kind with a kind of ritual suffering a kind of sacrificial uh, faith and um, it's just. It's extraordinary. Uh, it's just there's nothing like it. Um, I, I don't think Bresson is a great filmmaker. He made other other great films, but nothing, nothing, nothing quite so uh, towering as, as this one. Um, and as you said about it, it is powerfully effective um, uh, uh, in in many many different ways. Uh, uh, and uh, and it's, it's complications. Uh, I like the complications and, and the mysteries that we feel in our own life. It's not a, own lives. It's not. It's not uh, an easy film to describe because, as you as you suggested, um, um, it it uh, you say it's about a donkey, and you, and you, it is it is not lassie. It's not <laughs> anything like that. Not deeply, not at all. <laughs> no, it's a deeply deeply serious film, and uh, and uh, it's affected many many uh, many filmmakers like. Michael Haneke, um, uh, recently, who said it was the most powerful film he'd ever seen. Um, it, it's uh, it's 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 very special and um, and uh, and very and, and a very very rich film. Tell me about uh, for people who may be discovering your new book, watching them be. Tell me about the other two books that you have written. If people want to uh, explore your your work further about film, what are tell me about your other two books. Well, there's uh, uh, my first book is Romantic Comedy in Hollywood, and uh, it, from Lubish to Sturgis. I just yesterday did a did a <clears throat> an interview, filmed an interview for Criterion about one of the Sturgis comedies, one of his great films, called Palm Beach Story. Um, the book is the book is a sort of uh, uh, exhaustive treatment of the screwball comedies of the '30s, but principally of the '30s. And uh, and and the early '40s, um, when that 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 genre was was thriving, and also it it's uh, it's bookended. I mean, it begins with Lubish, and I follow the works of Ernst Lubish, the films of Ernst Lubish through 
through the years, and uh, and when I deal with other people too, like Howard Hawks and and uh, and the great women uh, comedians of those of uh, of those years, Carol Lombard and Irene Dunn and Jean Arthur and, and others. Um, it was a great period for women on the screen, and and they and unforgettable women. Uh, and um, and uh, then I I end with it, the book with with the career of Preston Sturgis, which uh, with the Lady Eve and the Miracle of Morgan's Creek, who made many many wonderful comic films in, in the period. And then and then my second book uh, is uh, called Movie Love in the Fifties, and it's mostly about it's about film noir and it's about uh, the melodramas, the domestic melodramas of that period, like Rebel Without a Cause and uh, East of Eden, and uh, it deals with you know uh, the career of James Dean and Montgomery Clift and uh, and and some great neglected films of that time, like Max Ophuls's Reckless Moment, which just recently did come out in DVD at last, but uh, with with Joan Bennett and James Mason, and it, it is. Thrilling, thrilling, wonderful film. Um, so uh, that that's pretty much it. Those those are the two books that preceded this one, and they uh, and uh, one of the things that that dictated the shape of the, the new book is that you know I, I cover I cover people in films that I hadn't done so much with before. <laughs> 